Welcome to Thousand Generations Podcast, hosted by Dan and Chad Bohai, a father and son duo committed to pursuing God's dream and desire of faithfulness to Jesus and living to see the gospel of his kingdom pass from one generation to the next, to a thousand generations. Thank you for joining us on our journey as we hope to encourage you on yours. here again, season four, episode two, we kicked off a conversation in episode one about God wanting to enlarge our imagination. And he wants us to live in a world that's furnished by his word, by his promises, instead of shrinking our existence to match our own finite experience. We talked about the difference between uh, fantasy, demonic fantasy versus biblical hope and expectancy where our imaginations are literally transformed by the renewing of our mind in the truth of God's word. So dad, take us here in episode two on a journey, which you're calling perfect thoughts, perfect peace, and perfect words. So why don't you just, we'll just kick off the dialogue. Take us there. The thoughts that provoked this teaching or message, Chad, occurred in a weekend trip that I had a couple of weeks ago at a church in Texas, where Friday night, when I was heading there, I had so much imagination that the miraculous was going to happen that Hmm. I actually felt like I was impregnated with miracles. Hmm. I don't know how to explain it, except I knew miracles were going to happen. In fact, I knew it so much that even though my car broke down and I had a three and a half hour delay, I never got out of the spirit. I never got into discouragement. I never got into worry. I was just so expectant because my imagination was I believed heaven was going to break into this church. And so when I got to the service Friday night, I just remember that I couldn't wait to finish preaching so I could watch God touch people. How awesome. And most of the time, you know, I'm an error, I'm a good preacher, but I wanted to get the Mm. sermon over Mm. because I knew God was going to do miracles. Mm. And long story short, the word of the Lord started coming. I started giving people specific words, and we had seven people walk out of wheelchairs in one service, and dozens of healings took place on Friday night. Hmm. Saturday, I preached twice at the same church, hmm. and I felt like all of hell was setting on me. Hmm. Friday night, I felt like all of heaven was backing me. Hmm. Same person, same Bible, same church, same car, same hmm. hotel, same people. And then Sunday morning, I preached twice. I felt all of heaven was back. Hmm. And miracles happened Sunday morning. And 12 people actually got born again. It was Hmm. unbelievable. And I I left there thinking, what was the deal between Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? Hmm. And the Lord says, it was your mind. Hmm. Because your mind went on to circumstances on Saturday. But on Friday and Sunday, your mind was fixed on me which I then can release my expectations and my expectations become the substance of your faith. Mm. And that's what you witnessed Friday and Sunday, Saturday, you were obedient, but your expectation Mm. was disturbed by Mm. what you were feeling in the atmosphere. And the Lord revealed that to me. So I want to go to Isaiah 26, three. Yeah. Let me read it here. It says, you will keep in perfect peace. Those whose minds are steadfast or stayed on you because they trust in you. So when I read that verse, there's a promise available to Mm -hmm. believers that if we'll do our part, God can't lie. He'll do his part. Perfect peace. Mm -hmm. Peace isn't the absence Mm -hmm. of difficulties. Sure. You can have perfect peace in the biggest storm, 
But the way I look at maybe this teaching could be maybe synopsis in one phrase. Mm. Any storm that I have peace in, I can walk on. Any storm that I have fear in, I'm under. Yeah, sure. As long as my eyes are fixed on Jesus, storms don't affect me because mm. I'm at peace because my mind is stayed on him. The moment I look to what the storm's producing in my life, like the waves, mm. I'm under the storm. And so my mind mm. is everything. That's why Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a person thinketh within himself, that's what we become. Yes. And so if I can think about God, about his word, about his faithfulness, about his character, about his steadfastness, if I can choose to think about him over my circumstances, mm. then he gives me perfect peace. Another motivation uh, and and tell me please why why is perfect peace so necessary to operate out of this is what you're describing is the difference between how you kicked off the episode Friday night I remember you even calling me I think that night or the next day son I don't know how to explain it but and you're like I know it sounds weird the verbiage is weird but I felt pregnant with miracles that like God was just going to break out why is it important to operate out of perfect peace to see the miraculous, to see the, the God, God of the impossible do what he's promised. I, I think peace is the atmosphere of the kingdom of heaven. There you go. And if we can get into perfect peace, then we're actually operating in what is actually inside of us already. Hmm. Here's the deal. Our mind tries to talk us out of our spiritual reality continually. All the time. We have every supernatural blessings in the heavenly realms in Christ in Christ is in here, mm. in our spirit man. Yes. Everything that's in the kingdom has been wrapped up in Christ and he's in here. Yes. So every supernatural thing we'll ever need, like Second mm. Peter 1, 3, everything we'll ever need for life and godliness is already in us. Yes. Waiting on our mind to be fixed on God so that he can give us perfect peace to where this mind lines up with the mind of Christ and we're not double-minded. Mm. So we're not at war against our spiritual thoughts and our carnal thoughts. Yes. But when I can choose with my natural carnal mind to think about the word, to meditate on the word, to ingest the word, he makes this mind then want to yield and submit to the mind of Christ that's in my spirit, man. I'm now single-minded. I'm at perfect peace. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are, greater reality that's in me than all the realities in the world. So let me just say, first of all, I'm almost 40. That was the best description in 35 seconds I've ever heard. If you're watching or listening, rewind 45 seconds and listen to it. I see the goosebumps on his arm because the anointing was helping him teach us right now. By the way, let's just pause. That is the difference between living out of the carnal mind and out of the spiritual mind. How you just described becoming single-minded. And here, why is that important? Well, I have a verse and then we'll get back to your, your teaching. We all know Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, for to us a child is born, a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. It's this idea of the ever-expanding world of his kingdom and it's on the shoulders of Jesus. What's between the shoulders? The head the mindset he himself is our peace ephesians 2:14 so when, when so the battle of being single minded 
and living not out of the carnal mind, but out of the spiritual mind that is united with Christ already, 1 Corinthians 6, one in spirit. We have the mind of Christ, right? 1 Corinthians 2, 16. When we live out of that reality, we get to experience the expansiveness of the kingdom that's reigning and resting and from the king, the prince of peace. So maybe that's why it's such a fight of faith to be single-minded and to think what he thinks, to be filled with his thoughts. Because in that realm, what do you need? You need a mighty God. You need a, you need a father to, to uh, wrap your shame, your sin. Do you need a, a counselor? Are you facing things that are insurmountable, that are unsolvable? Are you riddled with depression, anxiety, fear? You need a prince of peace. So that's the, the point of you have access to all of that in the mind of Christ who is in us, like you just described, mm -hmm. and those two becoming one. So again, the, the original question that spurred this on is why is it so important to operate out of peace and your mind being stayed on him? Well, in short, it's because that brings us into God's realm and world of, of the impossible becoming reality. That's what you describe with being, quote, pregnant with miracles. Well, what I found is that when I am operating in the spirit, I feel invincible hmm. because the fruit of the spirit is love and love can never fail. Hmm. So I know when I'm in the spirit or when I'm in the soul. Hmm. When I'm in the soul, things bother me. I'm discouraged. I'm irritated. I'm losing patience. I, I feel offended. And that's when I know I'm operating out of this mind instead of this mind, mm. which means I need to get my mind back on him mm. so he can get me in perfect peace and get me out of a double-minded reality mm. into a single-minded reality. Yes. I'd like you to read Romans 8, 5, and 6, Chad, if you would. Yeah. Oh, this is great. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. This is exactly with Isaiah nine, six and seven, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. It's so funny. I preached this at my church a couple of months ago and I said, you know, the problem is we need a new governor. And, you know, obviously I'm in California and everyone thought I was being political, but I was literally saying we need governor Holy Spirit to be over. Anyway, I digress. Dad, why, why did you have me read this passage? Go take us. Because when our minds based on what the physical is, hmm. we're not pleasing God, we're pleasing ourselves hmm. and we always have problems. But when our mind is fixed on the spirit realm, we have life and peace. Right. So if we can fix our mind on him, hmm. we get perfect peace. And then we're in the kingdom yeah. and the kingdoms where Jesus is Lord and King and reigning in supernatural power over every area that we think is our problem. Yes. And so, and then I want you to read Psalm 1611, which yeah. is one of my all time favorites. And again, in the, in, in the realm of peace and a single mindedness, the greatness of his government and peace, there's no end. He's reigning, he's establishing, he's upholding with justice and righteousness. From this time on, the zeal of the Lord will accomplish it. So again, when we're in peace and that famous verse that we try to get our kids to know and, and adults to live, uh, Proverbs 3, 4, you know, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. Why? Because when we're relying on him, anything is possible. And then you said uh, uh, Psalm chapter 16, 16, verse 11. This is great. Read that. You will make known to me the path of life. You make known to me the path of life, present tense, sorry. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. So when I think about that verse, 
is if I could keep my mind on God and his word and his reality and not the news and the culture and the circumstances, they're not going to go away, mm -hmm. but neither is he. Right. And I can choose to set my mind on things above instead of things below, because as you think, you become. That's right. And if I can get my mind focused on him and not what the world says, the media says, the news says, the government says, but what he says, I have peace instead of worry. Mm -hmm. I have confidence instead of fear. Come on. Mm -hmm. I have expectation and imagination instead of hopelessness and despair. And it's mm -hmm. all because I choose to either put my mind on his reality or the lesser reality of the fallen world. Mm -hmm. and I love, I love this. And I, even how I read it, I made a mistake how I read it first, but it's you make known to me the path of life. It's a present tense reality that there's always a path of life. And then you will fill me with joy in your presence. So sometimes the joy is delayed, but the fact of the matter is we can live and inhabit that path of peace 24 7 365 there's access to it in the grace of god which leads to the joy and like you said the eternal pleasures at his right hand i want to i want to make a comment on that psalm 1611 mm -hmm. we have about five minutes left so here's here's the comment is joy is the strength of the lord that's not an emotion mm. it's like it's an exuberance that you know his reality trumps lesser circumstances mm. i can follow circumstances which will lead me to more despair and more questions and more hmm. worry, or I can follow truth that always leads me to a person. Hmm. And joy is the reality that I know that person is going to fulfill his word. Hmm. And that gives me a joy, even when the fence is half built. Hmm. The joy of the Lord is my strength, yes. Nehemiah 810. But then pleasures at your right hand. Hmm. This is amazing if you unpack this one. Hmm. The right hand always signifies the power of God Glory, being released. Yeah. When God's power is released, it's pleasurable. Because mm. now what we're believing for, we see it happen, yes. and we have pleasure that's not world pleasure, it's satisfaction pleasure mm. that we realize we got our mind one with the mind of God so God could flow through us with the heavenly supernatural yes. power yes. and do things that only God yeah. can do, and that's real pleasure. Mm. I think, Chad, Joshua 1.8 might be a key verse in all mm. these episodes mm. where it says, be careful to not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but be, to meditate on it day and night mm. and be careful to do all that's written in it. Mm -hmm. And you'll make your way prosperous and everything you put your hands to will be successful. Mm. I think this word meditate, muse, murmur, talk to yourself I don't know how else to keep our mind fixed on God. I heard you this morning, Chad, while we were getting ready and the kids are getting ready for school and you're making breakfast, mm -hmm. quoting scriptures, worshiping God, praying in the spirit. Mm -hmm. You never stopped mm -hmm. trying to keep your mind fixed on yeah, God. Sure. I don't know how else we're going to do it. We've got to, we've got to pin it on our head. We've got to put yeah. it before our eyes. We've got to keep it in our mouth because eventually what's coming out of our mouth is being planted in our heart and our heart always automatically produces yes. what we plant in it. 
And that's the goal mm. of keeping our mind fixed on him to so where he gives us his perfect peace and thoughts, which produce our belief and words, which go into our heart, mm. which actually reproduces it in the mm. earth realm. And now we're experiencing pleasure. I want to stop. Wow. We have three and a half minutes. I want to stop on a couple of verses in Psalms 91. Sweet. Okay. And so I want you to read. Just start reading Psalms 91, and I'll tell you where to stop. I think I only want you to read the first three verses. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Okay, can you stop right there? Yes. Dwell doesn't mean visit on Sundays. Of course. It means never leave his presence. Mm. So mm. he said he would never leave us or forsake us. He's already in here. Mm. We leave him and forsake him when our thoughts don't stay fixed on him. Yes. When our thoughts get fixed on the problems, the delays, the circumstances, the distractions. Mm -hmm. So to dwell in him means we can live the, the, the Acts 17 reality of we live and move and have our being in him. Yes. Or the John 15, 7 reality where we can abide in him until his rhema mm -hmm. abides in us. Mm -hmm. Then we can ask anything. And here's the extent of this. If our mind really becomes the mind of Christ, where there's no division, we're not we're not double-minded, we're single-minded, not only are we under his shadow, but his shadow that's being cast off of us can heal people, mm. according to Acts 5.15. Keep mm. reading. Go to the mm. next verse. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. I got, I got a shout on that one, and you told me not to shout. Don't do it. it. Please the, don't. Chad? None of the promises of Psalms 91 work unless we're willing to say it. It doesn't happen until you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart. I will say of the Lord. We mm. have let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Mm. By his stripes, I am healed. Mm. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes. I have the faith of the apostles. Yes. All my needs are supplied. Eight thousand promises in the Bible are already yes, waiting on us to say amen, amen because yeah. we agree with it and we say it out loud because your mouth always yes. speaks out of the overflow of your heart. Keep reading mm. in that Psalms 91. Yes, surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. I want to stop there. The deadly pestilence and then verse 10, where no evil can come near your tent right. and no plague can come near you. I want to make a point. Two stories I've recently heard on the power of letting God's word produce the perfect peace that release perfect words mm. and have perfect results. Great. Number one, in the Middle Ages, there was a plague called the Black Plague. Yes. And this wasn't a plague like COVID or like typhoid or the Spanish fever or polio or these different things that have happened. I was watching this pastor, and he was an older gentleman preach a sermon on all the different plagues and pestilence that have hit the world since Bible times to current mm. times. And the dark black plague was the worst deadly plague of any plague that's ever hit the planet. Mm. It wasn't 3% mm. dying or 5% mm. or 20%. In some places it was 90 and 100% of the people were dying. Mm. And the, the, the story was that there was this pastor that was hearing about all these villages around his village and everybody was dying. But he got that verse, mm. that verse three, where it says, no plague will come near you. No mm. blessings will come near you if you dwell under the shadow mm. of his wings. In other words, if you keep your mind fixed on him mm. and not the plague, mm. no plague can come near mm. you. One pastor went out to the edge of his village and declared out loud, let the redeemed say so. Sure. 
no plague mm. will touch people in my village because mm. we dwell under the shadow. All the villages around him, people died. Nobody in his village died mm. because one man mm. stood on one verse and chose to put his thoughts on that mm. instead of the circumstances. Mm. That's one story. The other one would be more familiar to most people that would listen to our podcast. Mm. And it was one of the stories of John G. Lake. Mm. John G. Lake was raised Methodist. He believed in sanctification. He believed in the purity of heart, mm. the second blessing that the holiness people talk about. Mm. He believed all that. In the meantime, most of his siblings died of diseases. Several of his wives died of diseases. Mm. And about 80% of his African-American pastors died of diseases. And he started realizing, I'm not getting all this. Mm because the revelation I have is not producing the results the Bible says we should be producing. So he went back to it and asked the Lord to pray the prayer of Paul. Hmm. Open the eyes of my heart hmm. so I can actually see the realm of the spirit the way the Bible says it, not the way people have told me it says hmm. it. And he started getting a revelation that God wants to heal like he wants to save and sanctify. And he moves to Spokane, starts a healing room ministry. We all know the story. Hmm. He was so proficient and productive in healing that a hospital closed down. Hmm. And for about a decade, Spokane in newspaper articles was voted the healthiest city in America. Hmm. He was so good hmm. at healing that the medical association granted him a doctorate without having to go to medical school. Hmm. And so that's the setting of John G. Lake. Hmm. Now, He's in this quarantine place because there's a plague hitting the area during his time there where they have people separated in this big room underneath these plastic nets and everybody's going around in hazmat suits, but not him. And he's in there working with a doctor and he's praying over people while the doctor's doing whatever they do. Mm -hmm. And the doctor looks at John G. Lake and says, I'm so thankful we got the vaccine so we don't have to get sick. And John G. Lake says, what vaccine? And the guy goes, you can't be in here. You're, you're going to die. And John G. Lake says, no, I'm not. And at that exact moment, the man they were standing over died in his mm. bed, foaming at the mouth. John G. Lake says, doctor, please do this quickly. Take his saliva and put it on a glass thing and put it on the magnifying glass. And I want to show you the power of God. And they put it underneath mm. the magnifying glass and all the little viruses that killed the man are squirming. John G. Lake says, watch the power of God. And he touched that saliva mm. with his finger and everything died instantly. Hmm. I want to propose that none of that would be possible unless one man chose to believe God's word and that realm over the fallen world hmm. and those circumstances. Hmm. And so I want to pray, Chad. Hmm. I think John G. Lake shouldn't be the anomaly. Hmm. I don't think the pastor in the Middle Ages should. I think me and you and every believer have the free will to fix our mind on God hmm. so he can fill us with perfect peace. We can operate in the kingdom and the results of the kingdom would start happening more so readily. Good. So Lord bless our listeners yeah. with a hunger to choose in spite of circumstances to fix their thoughts on you so you can give them perfect peace. I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.